0: The resurrection of Jesus gives new life to those who believe in him. It also means that we live in a new kingdom and Jesus is our king. And even though the kingdom of God is established in Christ, all the things that God did in the world, and the stories that we read about in the Bible prior to the life of Jesus, These have prepared us to understand this new way of life and how to live in this kingdom. So during this holy season of Lent, we're going to focus on some of these stories from the Old Testament. We're going to look at how these stories shed light on our life in Christ. Some of these stories foreshadow and prefigure what Jesus was going to do later on. And other events give us a context to understand what God is doing in Christ. Other stories perhaps cause us to understand that some of the ways we deal with our own problems in this world are a little bit misguided. Well, in the first reading today, we heard a portion from the story of Noah's Ark. I know that most of you know the story. The people in Noah's day had become incredibly wicked. The people were awful except for one man named Noah, who is said to be good and blameless. And so in order to get rid of all the evil in the world and to give a fresh start to humanity, uh, God sent the rains. These rains caused, of course, a terrible flood and it would, of course, destroy humanity. And so the floodwaters came, the wicked were destroyed. Noah and his family escaped in the ark and were able to survive. And so the little portion of the story that we heard, it came right after Noah's family found land. God told Noah, Noah, that he would establish a new covenant and that he would never again destroy all of humanity through the waters of a flood. The rainbow was made a sign of the covenant. And what that means is that every time Noah and his descendants saw a rainbow, the people would recall the promises that God had made to them. Now, of course, despite all of this, Noah and his family did not live happily ever after. It was not long before sin came back into the world. Noah himself sinned. And here we are today in our very broken and obviously very fallen world. Now I remember as a child, uh, the story of Noah's ark was a bit difficult for me to digest. It even sort of scandalized me, at least the way I interpreted the story. Okay, I thought it was unfair that God would destroy all of humanity, but I also remember uh, God's promises didn't really bring me any comfort. Yes, God promised that he would not destroy humanity again through a flood. But I thought maybe he was going to destroy humanity by doing something even worse. I remember a conversation between me and my friends when we were in, like, second grade. We were speculating on how God was going to destroy humanity the next time. All right, we missed the point. We missed the point. We didn't understand what God was promising. We didn't understand what he was doing. And we aren't the only ones. But the story of Noah's Ark, it really is important, and it really does have so much value because it does help us understand the way God deals with sin in our own world. Furthermore, it addresses some of our real thoughts about how we are sometimes tempted to deal with the evil in our midst. It shows us that some of the ways we want to deal with evil are misguided, And ineffective. Here's what I mean. So often we're tempted to want to rid the world of evil by ridding the world of evil people. We say if only this group of sinners wasn't here anymore, then the world would be so much better. We would be free from all of this stuff. For example, we think to ourselves, if only ISIS was destroyed, we wouldn't have to live in the fear of violence occurring in our communities. Of course, that's misguided because the things that because terrorism, they're within the human heart from the moment we're born. And unless that is addressed, Terrorism will always be something that we have to deal with. Of course, we were reminded of that in the events that happened in Florida earlier this week. An act of terror. It occurred at a high school. Many students were killed far too young. Another example its the way that Our society is trying to deal with uh, this problem of sexual abuse and sexual harassment right now. They say, let's find all the sexual harassers, round them up, get them kicked out of their jobs, put them all in jail. And if they're all in jail, we won't have to deal with sexual harassment anymore. Again, that too is misguided. Because the evil that leads to sexual harassment, it is within the human heart from the moment that we are born. And unless that heart is healed, and uh, unless that is restrained, we'll always have sexual harassers. Now, of course, I'm not saying that justice doesn't need to be done, and that those who commit crimes Uh, should go without punishment. That's not what I'm saying at all. All I'm saying is that justice is only a part of the solution. And until society, whatever you want to call it, starts to confront the fact that the human heart is deeply wounded and in need of healing, these problems are just going to keep springing up all around us. So I'm happy That the story of Noah's ark is in the Bible. It teaches us that our very natural belief that we can get rid of sin or some type of sin by destroying sinners is misguided and ineffective. And if God didn't use this story to show us this lesson, we might take to some very inappropriate ways to rid our society of evil. And so God promised that he would not destroy humanity through water. Instead, he's going to use water in a different way. He's going to use water to give humanity life. St. Peter talked about this in the second reading. He said the waters of the flood foreshadow baptism, which brought an end to sin, but also was what saved Noah and his family. He also goes on to say that this isn't merely an external thing. Okay, baptism isn't about washing dirt off of the body. It's something that affected these believers internally. Okay, we need to share that because, you know, of course, a lot of Christians, they talk about baptism as a purely external thing. Oh, it's just something that you do as an outward sign that you're saved. Okay, that's the theology there. And St. Peter totally exposes that as being untrue. Baptism is not an external thing. His point is that baptism is. Is an internal thing. The new covenant, of which baptism is how we are enter, is how we enter into that. It saves us. It, it, it rids the world of sin, not by destroying people. Instead, God brings an end to sin by redemption and regeneration. God will not use water to destroy humanity. He now uses the waters of baptism to give humanity life. And so everyone who is baptized has been given that divine life within them, that new life from God. And while it is absolutely true that evil still sort of haunts us, even after we've been given this gift, We've also been given the weapons to protect that life within us and to face the temptations that we have so long as we make use of them. All right? These weapons, they help us resist evil. They restrain those tendencies that are deep within us. Among these weapons are prayer, fasting, almsgiving the works of mercy, doing good, all of these practices that we associate with Lent, all of them restrain evil, all of those evil tendencies, all the lust that eventually, when it's not restrained, leads to sexual harassment and abuse, all the anger that, if not restrained, leads to terrible acts of of violence, these practices really do restrain it confession and Eucharist, these sacraments strengthen the divine life within us. They bring us into deeper communion with Jesus who shows us in the gospel that our human nature really is capable of resisting temptation. And choosing good over evil. And so, of course, during the season of Lent, we offer these practices of fasting. We practice resisting the pleasure that comes from good things. So that it's easier for us to resist the pleasure that comes from sin. The pleasure that comes from bad things. And so that we can live in this communion with the Lord. And... Prepare ourselves to enter into eternal life and also to raise up our society to show them that our laws, as important as they are, as much as they're needed, they don't go deep enough. We show our society that it is the human heart that is wounded and in need of healing, and that the only way for this healing to occur. It's for God to be at work in us.